just want to say thank you as well for joining us. Uh, we are really glad that, um, that you're joining us and that you're making this part of your night. And again, I think I just agree with Nikki. It's so important for us to be finding ways to connect right now with each other or whatever that looks like and for finding ways to connect with God in this time. And so uh, we're in the last week. Our big house is in the last week of this series on faith and doubt. And um, the story we're going to look at tonight, um, I kind of refer to it as the gospel for the restless. So like for those people who maybe are weary or who are tired, maybe you're just tired of social distancing and tired of not being able to, you know, go do whatever you want to do. Or um, maybe um, you're wondering when are things going to return to normal? Uh, or where's God at in the midst of all of this? Like it seems like God could do something more maybe to intervene or is God even real? Um, I think I, for me, my faith is often challenged most in times that are difficult or when I'm experiencing things that are just completely foreign to me or, or brand new. And this particular time we're in right now fits both of those things. It's foreign, it's different than anything that any of us have ever experienced, and I think it's pretty difficult to get through and to deal with some of the new restrictions on us. Uh, loss of freedom, uncertainty, fear, confusion, all of these things are like fertile ground for, uh, for doubt, especially doubt when it comes to our faith. Um, but doubt doesn't, doesn't have to destroy our faith. Actually, I love uh, the pictures of Jesus, how he, uh, he encourages people to use their doubts to come to him to actually find out more about him. He invites him to say, hey, use your doubt and let me show you. He does this with Thomas in the Gospels after, he raises from the, after he's raised from the dead. He says, hey, come put your, your fingers right in my hands and let me show you that I am alive and I am real and I am present with you. And I think he does the same for us right now. He says, look, I'm here with you. I'm among you right here and now. So, so look for me and pray for my life and trust me for that life. And one day, Jesus is going to return, and we're going to have life to the full. That's really kind of the story that we're looking at tonight. Um, you know, one of Jesus' favorite sayings when he taught was that the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is near. Uh, and he would back this up, right, with these displays of power through his miracles, the displays of his purpose, and his goodness, and his blessing, and his grace, and his glory. Um, the kingdom of God is basically a phrase that, that, that I think Jesus used to kind of describe like eternal life or, or the abundant life or life to the full that Jesus said, you can find this life in me. When you are with me, you will have this kind of life. And so tonight we're going to look at this story from the book of Matthew that he wrote about Jesus in the 13th chapter. It's just a couple short verses, verses 31 and 32. And it's part of three different parables that Jesus actually taught about the kingdom of heaven. And he compares this kingdom to seeds. And we're going to look at the third story where he's talking about a mustard seed. And just a quick word about parables. You know, scholars say that Jesus, about half of what he taught was taught in parables. And two-thirds of those parables were about the kingdom of heaven or God's kingdom. And these parables usually had some surprise element in it that would um, kind of spark new thoughts or it would um, help people break free maybe from some of the doubts they had or offer some new ways that people could live and experience life, especially people who were either struggling in their faith or people who thought that they had faith all figured out. Jesus would say, hey, here's some new things to consider or here's some new ways to try living your life. And the purpose was always to invite people to take 
another step forward in life with Jesus. So this is what the, what the parable says. Again, it's, it's a real short parable, and it's on the screen. If you don't have your Bible at home, you're following along. Follow along right here on the screen. But it says, Jesus told them another parable. So the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Some people think that um, Jesus was referring to this Old Testament a prophecy or this this thing that he had told that God had told people through in the book of Ezekiel through the prophet Ezekiel that God was going to one day plant a tree this was a metaphor for like God was going to establish his kingdom he's going to bring a leader along and he was going to uh, rebuild uh, the Israel's kingdom and and make this great life for the Jews and so it's possible that the disciples when they hear Jesus teach them this they're thinking about that tree because you think about the context they were in they've been oppressed by a Roman government for years, for decades, and they've been waiting for someone to come along, for God to send this person to rescue them from this oppression. And, and they were expecting it to come out of the Jewish community, and most of them were expecting this person to be a powerful leader. They were hoping for a revolution. They were hoping for something to happen in their lifetime. That's what they're looking for. And what they get from Jesus is a mustard seed, a story about a tiny little mustard seed. So I actually went out and I, I purchased a packet of mustard seeds just so you can kind of get an idea of what Jesus is talking about here. And um, I want to show you, like, uh, this is a mustard seed right here. See that? See that? Can you see that? You probably can't even see that. So here's a handful of mustard seeds, right? Okay, throw those at you. I kept this one that you couldn't see, but I have one in my hands. And, and so when Jesus is, is, is using a parable, by the way, it takes about 750 of these to make one gram, which is about the equivalent of the weight of a paperclip. That's how tiny these things are. So Jesus, is, when he's doing this parable, he's comparing the mustard seed, or the kingdom of God, not just to the mustard seed, but he's comparing the kingdom of God to the entire story. So what he says is the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which a man planted in a field now we don't have a field here so i brought in my own cup of dirt right so like it's like the kingdom of god is like a mustard seed that this guy planted in a field so there it is planted in the field and though it's the smallest of seeds when it grows it becomes the largest in fact it becomes a tree that attracts and provides life for other birds. So Jesus is saying the kingdom of God, this, this abundant life, this life to the full that we're all looking for, that we all desire, that we're actually created for, is like this seed planted in the dirt that is going to grow, and it's going to grow really, really big. And there's a lot of power in this seed. If we look for it, wait for it, right, it's going to happen any minute, right? Okay, we'll, we'll set this aside and wait a couple minutes for that seed to shoot up. And while we're waiting, I just want to share another quick story with you. Back in 1974, there's a singer by the name of Randy Bachman. And he wrote a song uh, for his brother. He actually got his band together, Bachman Turn Overdrive, and they thought, this will be really fun. We'll record this song for my brother 
and we're going to stutter all the way through the chorus because his brother was a stutterer. And we'll give him this song. It'll be a funny gift, you know, it'll be one of a kind, and he'll love it, and it'll be great. And what happened was um, the record label actually got a hold of this song. And so they said, well, let us re-record it. And so they recorded a second version, and the record label liked the first version better. And so it actually got recorded, and it became the first number one hit ever to have a stutter. Here it is. Baby, just ain't singing nothing yet. Here's something, here's something you're never gonna forget. Baby, just ain't singing nothing yet. Turns out to be this incredible gift, right? Like, it's a number one hit. Here's the deal I think this is exactly what Jesus is telling us about the kingdom of God and this mustard seed, that it gets planted in this field, and it's incredible, but baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. And we kind of look at it sometimes, and we're like, yeah, I, I really haven't seen anything yet, Jesus. But by the time Jesus actually gets to this third parable that he's teaching about these seeds, many people think that he's now just talking only to his closest disciples, to his closest friends. Mark and Luke and their stories about Jesus both suggest that Jesus was alone with them at this time. And Luke actually places this parable right after Jesus had performed this miracle. He healed this woman on the Sabbath day. And we're told in his story that everybody was just going crazy, flipping out about this incredible miracle Jesus had done. They were just ecstatic and just excited. Everyone except for the religious leaders. And the religious leaders got ticked at Jesus because he had done this work on the Sabbath. And God's law had said you're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. And so their doubts about who Jesus is and what Jesus was doing led them to oppose Jesus rather than approach Jesus. So Jesus actually invites his followers to bring their doubts to him. Right, and to approach him. And he pulls his disciples aside and he gathers them and he tells them this story of this mustard seed. It's like he says, hey guys, huddle up, huddle up. Let me, let me tell you something. Did you see what just happened? Like, did you see that miracle and the joy and the excitement that everybody experienced in that healing of that one person? This is the kingdom of God. Don't miss this like the religious leaders did. This is the kingdom, it's power, it is here, it is now, it is available in me. It's not in their rules, it's not in their expectations, this seed is in me. I am the source of the life that you are looking for. And I want to plant this seed in your life and let it become a tree in your life and let it flourish and become a tree on earth, where other people can come and find refuge and shelter. And baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. Jesus is saying, look, I'm putting my, my Father's kingdom back together, and I'm doing it one life at a time. And I want you to join me in this. One day it's going to be massive. And anybody who's looking for shelter is going to be able to find it in you. As it grows in you, it might seem really small, insignificant, maybe invisible. Maybe it even seems dead and buried right now. Maybe it's not happening like other people expect it to. And there's going to be doubts. 
about whether it will ever be fully realized. But Jesus says, I promise you, this life will not be denied. And whatever else this parable is telling us, Jesus is saying with no uncertainty, God's kingdom is present. And there is so much more to come. One commentator actually called this parable like the most personal story that Jesus ever shared. He suggests like Jesus knew exactly what his disciples were going through. He knew exactly what they were about to face, that a day was coming quickly where Jesus would be crucified, where they would be scattered, where they would be threatened, their very lives would be threatened. It would seem that their whole world was falling apart. And they would need the story of the mustard seed so that when their discouragement or their despair or their doubts started to crowd in, they could think about that seed buried in that field and remember Jesus' promise that it's going to grow, that it's still there, this life is still with you. Wait for it, look for it, pray for it, because baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. I have buried this life in you. Jesus capitalized on this miracle in the moment where there was all this excitement to give them an example of what this looks like, but he's also casting a vision for all the days when there wouldn't be a miracle, for all the days when it's just ho-hum, or days of social isolation, or days when we're looking for a more attractive life in other places. And to be honest, that's a lot of days. That may be most of our days. Jesus was reminding them the life you're looking for is like a mustard seed. It might start small. It might even be invisible. It may even grow really slow. Still nothing. But don't forget, it's coming. So take care of it. I think uh, right now, in this time we're living in, like the kingdom of heaven can be really hard to see. This abundant life we're looking for, it's like, where is it? And I think it may get even harder to find in the days ahead for some of us. But that doesn't mean it's not near. It doesn't mean it's not here. Sometimes in order to find it, we have to look back and we have to remember maybe mountaintop experiences we had or places where we've tasted this kingdom before. And sometimes we have to look to God's promises in his word and just hold on to those promises and trust that he's going to fulfill them. God has a perfect record with his promises. He has not failed to deliver on a promise yet. But even when things are hard like this, we can still see and experience the kingdom of God in our own lives. I just, the other day, being out Monday, when that spring sunshine was warm and it like hits your face, like that was the kingdom of God. Like there's a promise that there's better days ahead. It felt so awesome. Or maybe it's, you know, that you're kind of in a crummy mood or something. Somebody sends you a hilarious TikTok or a Snapchat of encouragement that just breaks you out of a bad mood or makes you laugh or, or brings some life. Or maybe it's having time and space right now to, to try a hobby or to play games with other people. Maybe it's like, hey, school's kind of been canceled, right? And maybe like 
maybe your semester wasn't going very well for some of you. Like, it's a fresh start. Like, maybe that's a gift from God. I think there's all these beautiful ways. It's Casey's Pizza. I mean, we can still enjoy Casey's Pizza, right? There's these little things. Like, do you, do you understand that these are good gifts that God is giving us? Or it's the way that some students or other people are, are making masks, like surgical masks, to help hospitals and hospital workers, or people are still volunteering at the food bank or at Habitat for Humanity. Jesus' teaching always invites a response. And I think tonight, Jesus is huddling us up, and he's saying to us right now this same bit of encouragement. And the first thing he says is, look, I want to plant the seed of life in you. I want to give you my life, life to the full. And he asks, will you let him? Will you let him put his life in you? And if you'd like to do that, I just say, Jesus, I want your life in me. Will you start planting those seeds of your life in me? The second thing, I think many of you have already like, had this seed planted in your life. He's encouraging you to keep looking for evidence of this life. Keep praying for it. Nurture it. Water it. Expect to see new growth in your life and others around you. And when you see it, call it out. Right? Let other people know that you see that life. Because they may be struggling with doubts or, or questions. But when they see that life in you or they see you call it out in others, what a great encouragement. Third, I think he invites us to find out more about what this life looks like and to understand what he's actually promising to us. One of the great ways to do that is to engage in the Bible. And like right now, we've got some time and some space. And Big House is doing this incredible Bible study, 8.30, Monday nights, the book of Colossians. What a great way to find out more about who Jesus is and about what he's up to, and about his purpose, and about this life that he wants to share with us. I think that trusting through doubts, finding out about this life, trusting through these doubts is what makes faith and what makes life grow. Last thing I'll share with you, Scottish author George MacDonald writes this. He says, trusting when it appears that you have been forsaken, Praying when it seems your words are simply entering a vast expanse where no one hears and no voice answers. Believing that God's love is complete and that he is aware of your circumstances. Desiring only what God's hands have planned for you with your only fear being that your faith might fail. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Trusting when it's hard to trust believing that someone's listening and caring when it doesn't feel like it. This is the victory that overcame the world. And Jesus wants to put that life in you and give you that faith. Will you allow him to do that? I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite the band to come up and lead us in some worship. God, we thank you for your, for your stories. We thank you for your teaching. Jesus, we thank you for your example and for your life and for your promise. And we thank you for the so many ways that we get to experience your life in small ways and in big ways. And God, in difficult times like we're in today, when we're facing challenges, when maybe uh, new experiences that are cr creating doubts in our mind or challenging our faith, 
God, will you help us to be, uh, just to be mindful of this little seed planted in the dirt, to keep watching for it to sprout and to push through the earth and to start to grow. Will you help us to know how to water that and care for it and nurture it so it can become a tree, not just flourish in our own lives, but it become a, a better place for, for people to find life and shelter through us as well. It's in your name we pray. Amen.